Hey, today's a real special episode. I'm interviewing my wife, Dr. Kelly Crane, who's a leadership coach with Better Leaders, Better Schools, and we're going to talk masterminds. Coming up next, a veteran on the move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. This episode is brought to you by Bench Bookkeeping. If you're an entrepreneur, the last thing you want to mess with is bookkeeping. But it is a necessary evil in this world of entrepreneurship. Bench Bookkeeping Relieve that huge burden for me and my business because Bench puts bookkeeping on autopilot. To check out Bench and get one month free of bookkeeping and take that task off your desk, go to veteranonthemove.com slash bench. Dr. Kelly Crane, leadership coach with Better Leaders, Better Schools. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. And before we get to talking about business and entrepreneurship and what you've done, I do want to point out, you are my wife, so I've never interviewed my wife, so this is definitely something unique. I thought maybe uh, you all would enjoy uh, listening to, to what my wife Kelly's doing on in her entrepreneurial pursuits. Um, she's become very entrepreneurial in the last um, five, six years, and uh, thought it would be interesting for you to hear her story. So thanks, honey, for being here. appreciate you doing the interview. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here, honey. <laughs> it is a little weird for us, for me to be interviewing you, but hey, we'll give it a shot. So, okay, honey, would you go back and tell us about your background in education? Absolutely. I'm going to pretend you're not here. So I'm just talking to the audience now. So I, I'm in the field of education and I started out um, in a military town in Leavenworth, Kansas, and I taught for about nine years. I then ventured off into administration and uh, moved to a different school district in Missouri and uh, pursued some more I guess, uh, degrees. I, I have five different degrees um, ending with my uh, superintendency. I was a middle school assistant principal, a middle school principal, then transferred to a high school principal while I was doing some extra schooling and fix, finishing my specialist and my doctorate. And then I moved back to Leavenworth, Kansas, um, and was the assistant superintendent and then took over the superintendency for quite some time. So had a grand time in the city and had lots of military connections, uh, not only with parents, families, but within the community and the city. So that was exciting for me in education. Yeah. You know, um, just seeing what you had to deal with, you know, as, as the superintendent of a school district, which by the way, do you remember how old you, how old were you when you became the superintendent? Cause it was actually a, a pretty young age for a superintendent. Oh my gosh, you're going to date me. Um, let's see. I think I was about 40, maybe 41. Yeah. So, um, you know, good on you. It's pretty impressive uh, to rise to that level at a fairly young age. And, uh, and I know hearing the stories and watching how you deal, dealt with the school board and, and all of your buildings and the teachers and the principals. And it's just amazing. I used to I used to equate it like like you're almost you're almost like a regimental or division commander um, at that level with the amount of people. I think you had like 
over a thousand employees and I don't even know how many students, but it was just a, a massive amount of stuff to juggle. It was pretty incredible. It was. Uh, it was uh, stressful at times. Other times, it was the best job in the world. I would say that um, juggling our family and your job and everything that you do, um, it, it does take a toll, toll on you. And so um, I think as we moved through four children and them getting older, I decided that it was time for me to, to move on out of the superintendency. I had some fond memories. You know, we did a an bond issue out there and it was a $58 million bond issue. And we were able to, to build a brand new elementary, renovate two elementaries. Uh, we were able to renovate the high school, uh, build a brand new stadium, stuff that's going to be there for a long, long time. And so I'm very proud of that part of being in that community and met some lifelong friends and some lifelong um, just acquaintances that we'll always stay in touch with uh, through the military and through the community. I, uh, I miss it, but there are days that I don't miss it. <laughs> so uh, with that being said, I, I did turn to on- entrepreneurship and kind of followed your, your lead, Joe. And uh, it's been a whirlwind and kind of exciting at the same time. Almost as stressful, too. <laughs> yeah, it's been something else. We were both kind of learning as we went along. It was like the blind leading the blind. So as I was uh, retiring from the Marine Corps, you just got, you were ready to for a change and you'd reached the top level uh, in in your career and you were looking for something different to do. And entrepreneurship really sparked your interest. So what was it about entrepreneurship that, you know, really made you walk away from being at the top of your game and basically starting over as an entrepreneur? You know, I, when I was a superintendent, I, I essentially had seven bosses and that was very difficult to navigate um, because of the different perceptions and personalities. And those would change um, every election um, year. And so it became a very difficult process. I wanted to be my own boss. I also had missed through education and having to be there for other parents' children. Um, I missed some of our kids' events and first days of schools. And um, I decided I wanted to be there for our kids. I wanted to be at every game. I wanted to be able to uh, be home for dinner. I wanted to be able to go run up to the school if they needed something. Um, so I decided I wanted to make that change and being my own boss was a pretty big deal to me and doing my own hours and uh, trying to find something exciting. I like to be busy. So I had to find something that was going to really challenge me and um, cause me to be, you know, just all in. And that was what um, entrepreneurship did for me. Okay. So tell us what what some of the first things you jumped into with entrepreneurship when you uh, retired from education? Well, the first thing I did was flipped houses. I am like an HGTV expert. Um, so that was funny, honey. You didn't get that at all. Do you even know what that is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if I should laugh or just oh, go. Yeah, you didn't want anybody to know you knew what that was. <laughs> so I decided I could go out and flip houses like anybody else. So 
It looks so easy on TV, right? I know, right? That's why I say I'm an HGTV expert. I should have my own show. So we uh, purchased a house and I did uh, most of the work on that house and had some subcontractors. And, you know, I thought if, if I can build all these schools and renovate, I can surely do one small house. And we were down in Kansas City and I wanted to be part of that revitalization effort um, down in, in Hyde Park and down in the Kansas City area. So we started with one house and made some money on it, ended up purchasing another house and did um, probably broke even on that one. And in the middle of all that, purchased another house lost money on that one, had to go to court and had to do all kinds of stuff with that one. Um, and that one was a mess. And then the last one we finished up, um, we probably didn't do as well. So I think I did pretty good on two and not so great on two. Um, and there were so many different entities to that and timelines and um, dealing with subcontractors not showing up and meeting deadlines. And so um, I was happy to get out of, of that as time moved on. And, and during that, I was... Uh in my transition out of the military and I was going back to my, I was going back into the airline job. And at the same time I was uh, starting up this podcast and the podcast was taken off and becoming quite successful. So I really didn't have a whole lot of time or uh, emotional or uh, mental energy to even help you with all that. You pretty much did it on your own. And um, it was pretty impressive to see how here you are, you, you walking away from being the superintendent of a school district, and you were not scared to get your hands dirty. I mean, you were down there sweating uh, with some of the contractors and doing what needed need to be done and down there on a daily basis. So you definitely uh, put your sweat equity into it, but you know, unfortunately there were just too many things you know, out of our control, um, market, market issues and contractor issues. There's just so many things you just don't know what you're getting into when you're flipping houses that – think anything that could have gone wrong did. We probably saw it all, but, um, we started, so after the house flipping thing, um, we decided to get out of that. Um, and, and we got out of it correctly and sold everything and made some money, made money on some and lost money on others. Um, what was next? So after that, um, I, I started kind of dabbling in Amazon and we started dabbling a little bit in private label and, um, currently kind of dabbling in um, arbitrage, resale arbitrage. So Amazon, you know, in the private label sector, I came up with a couple of ideas and we uh, decided we would go on and take a, take a stab at inventing those ideas. And that's how we kind of started our journey. We were able to go to China and source some products and meet some amazing people who have still to this day help us along the way. We have grown so much in the private label sector and we are continuing to grow um, in the arbitrage, uh, arbitrage sector. So that has been a lot of fun. It's a lot of hard work and a lot of packing and shipping and talking till wee hours in the morning with uh, suppliers in China um, because of the time difference. So um, I do love it. It's, it is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I, the thing I love about Amazon is I've always kind of been in, you know, talk about being an entrepreneur, but like I'm really like an inventor at heart. And uh, you actually came up with some really good product ideas yourself, invented a couple of products, and we took those to market. Um, again, kind of like house flipping, the the original idea was good, but there were some market forces in play that we weren't really aware of at the time. Too much competition, different things. 
Um, so some of the products were fairly successful, but um, you know they ran their had ran their life cycle. Um, you know when you get into Amazon, there's a, there's a lot of things, uh, a lot of landmines to step on along the way. I think we've probably done about everything you could possibly do wrong in in our Amazon pursuit. Um, we've learned an incredible amount. We've had some products that have made money, some products that have lost money, and we've played with private label and retail arbitrage, like you said. So um, I, I just love the I love the hunt for the for the for the next product, and especially the inventor aspect. If you really have an idea that you want to take to market, you can actually do that with Amazon. And we've both we've both come up with product ideas and, and done that. So it's been a lot of fun along the way. Um, I do want to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back in a second. I got audited by the IRS. Yep. For the first time ever, I got audited. Matter of fact, it's still ongoing for the year 2016. At first, I was real concerned about my books and all the information that was required by the CPA to get through this audit. Then I remembered I'd started bench bookkeeping a while back. I frantically went into my bench account using the bench app on my phone to see if I'd started using bench before 2016. Huge relief. I'd actually started in 2016, but I'd had Bench go backwards to the beginning of the year, so everything was covered. When we were able to immediately provide all the required information to our CPA, he was very impressed with our bookkeeping organization and our records. I just smiled and thought, well, it's not really that I'm very organized or anything. It's because I have Bench. (laughs) That's why. So with Bench, even an audit from the IRS became no big deal. I will never be without Bench. I believe that once you try Bench, you won't ever be without them either. So right now, you can get one free month of Bench and see for yourself how great they are. Go to veteranonthemove.com slash Bench. Check them out there. Sign up. Use them for a month. You'll become a believer. You don't even have to enter a credit card number or anything like that. Just use them for a month, and I, I guarantee you, you won't want to be without them. Now we're back talking with my wife, Dr. Kelly Crane, who is a leadership coach from Better Leaders, Better Schools. So Kelly, um, we've, we've went through uh, getting out of the education field, going in entrepreneurship, flipping houses, working on Amazon. Um, through that process, uh, in my podcasting, ran into Danny Bauer. I, I kind of ran into Danny Bauer from Better Leaders, Better Schools. Uh, got you guys connected. Um, you start doing a lot with uh, Danny and Better Leaders, Better Schools. Um, uh, you're now working as a leadership coach with Better Leaders, Better Schools. You're doing a lot of work, uh, a lot of the back-end office stuff. Uh, you just started off doing show notes for some podcasts and stuff, including this one. Um, so tell us a little bit about what Better Leaders, Better Schools is all about and the masterminds and, and what you and Danny are doing. So I want to start by saying you guys have heard everything up to this point, and I just want to point out, it, it doesn't seem that we've done so well in flipping houses and Amazon, but I just want you to know, if everything is green, you failed. So I, I take that to heart, and it comes from Measure What Matters, and it's the book that we just finished in our mastermind in Better Leaders, Better Schools. And if everything is green, then you failed. So you've got to have some red in there in order to grow. And that is one of the things that we help our leaders and better leaders, better schools do. We coach um, 60 plus uh 
principals, directors, leaders throughout the world. We have six members from six different countries, including uh, China, Australia, uh, Hong Kong. Um, so there's, I should say Japan. So there's, there's all kinds of different perspectives that come to us for coaching and leadership um, advice, if you will. It is amazing. We spend an hour each week with about 15 members at a time, and we do it virtually. And it is, it almost kind of looks like the Hollywood squares or like the Brady Bunch, you know, when it starts and there's all those squares on your computer and you're all looking at each other. I feel like I've known these people forever and I've never met any of them, not yet. And so <laughs> that is probably the craziest thing ever, but we talk, um, throughout the week, even when we're not on our mastermind calls. We do some one-on-one -on -one coaching, but we really talk about the struggles and the celebrations of the day-to-day -day requirements of a leader in education today. And we help them navigate a lot of those struggles in order to stay you know, on top of their game, to be the best leader that they can be, and to really stay in education. It is a tough, tough job right now. And kids are, you know, kids are different and parents are different these days. And it, it makes a, a huge difference in the schoolhouse. Yeah, you know, you, you know, the t concept of, of, of the mastermind, we've talked about it on the show several times. And um, the interesting thing, when, when you're in those leadership roles and, the, you know, same thing when you're in the military, when you're in leadership role, you can't really confide in your subordinates. It's kind of tough to confide in your boss all the time because you may not want to let some of those doubts be known. You can confide laterally, but sometimes you're in, you're in competition with the people to your left and right, um, whether it be promotions or performance or whatever. So sometimes in those leadership roles, you it can be very lonely, you know, lonely at the top, so to speak. And the mastermind provides provides those those lonely leadership people with peer groups, people that are doing the same kind of thing that they're doing, but offer different perspective. And that's really the value of the mastermind. When you the mastermind is more valuable and stronger than any of the individuals that are in there by themselves. So talk a little bit about um, what the value of the mastermind does and some of the things you've seen over the last year or so. You know, I've interviewed uh, about 10 of our members, and our mission is everybody wins when a leader gets better. Everybody wins when you get better. And, you know, I love that because we are helping them fight isolation and frustration via a leadership community. And that's in order to gain clarity and find solutions to their greatest challenges. So as I've talked to these uh, mastermind members, it's been really interesting to hear their stories about how they have grown from when they joined the mastermind. Some of them have been in four, four years from the inception until today. And I think that most of them would say that they're more confident, that they know that they have a place to go when they have a challenge and they want some input and some guidance on how to handle a situation before going to their boss. You know, we have people who say that the connections and the collegiality they have made and the culture that they are in 
has helped them grow as a leader and professionally develop themselves to become a better leader. So I, I'm very proud of those that we we coach and we are alongside of and have developed this tribe. Danny Bauer has created something extremely special for leaders out there. And what's amazing to me is a lot of people don't even know what a mastermind is, and they probably don't even know what they're missing. Um, but to gain perspective from world-class leaders out there is is priceless. Now, that was going to be my next question. Like, how often, um, you know, when you're, you're trying to bring new people into the groups, uh, how often are you are you talking with folks that have never even heard of what a mastermind is? Well, I'm, I'm a prime example. I didn't know what one was. I had to ask you what it was <laughs> when I, I was like, I don't even know what that is, honey. And so, you know, it's, it's very prevalent that they don't know what it is. And, you know, we do, Danny does his better leaders, better schools podcast that goes out weekly. And then he does a school leadership series that goes out, um, daily for on the Alexa briefing. Um, you know, it's on iTunes, but people listen to these podcasts and, you know, different members, they have been recording different things to help spread the word, I guess, if you will, and spread some golden nuggets through leaders out there. And so oftentimes that's the first time somebody will hear of a mastermind is through the podcast or through uh, the SLS series, you know, us interviewing other members about how did you find the mastermind, you know, and how, how has it changed your leadership and what would you tell those leaders that are interested in the mastermind? That's, pr that's our way of trying to reach people to say, Hey, this is an amazing group of people an amazing experience to professionally develop yourself, invest in yourself, join us. You will, you will not regret it. And I often think, and we've discussed this in you know, a number of different times, think about back when you were like a brand new assistant principal or maybe a, a brand new middle school principal, what kind of value would you have, have gotten out of being in a mastermind group like, like the ones you're providing with Better Leaders, Better Schools nowadays? Oh my goodness, I wish they would have had something like this back in the day. You know, we used to hand out our business cards to network. We'd have to go to conferences to network to be able to jump on Zoom or Skype and talk with people, you know, or FaceTime them immediately um, that are, are like-minded, that have the same um, level of, of, I guess, schooling and, and leadership background or even more kind of serves as a mentor if you don't have one in your, in your school district. So absolutely, I wish it was there back as early as an assistant principal, but even more so would have loved it when I was a superintendent because, you know, that that is the position that is truly the loneliest spot ever. Um, they all are your colleagues and friends, but you also supervise them. And so you have to be careful during those times. And then, you know, I can tell you to this day, I probably keep in touch with three or four people that have been under my um, watch um, through education as people have moved on. And, you know, I thought it would have been a lot more than that. You know, one of the things uh, in the, in the edu education world, 
a lot of the job changeovers and people are interviewing for new jobs and they're not getting renewed for jobs next year. All that happens in the spring. And last spring, I got to kind of witness from from a close distance uh, how you, as a leadership coach, you were helping some of the folks in the mastermind groups that were interviewing for jobs, trying to uh, either do lateral moves or move up to bigger positions. You were helping them go through the interview process. You were helping uh, work through their resumes. You even got on and uh, helped go through interview questions and things like that and really fine-tune several people. And I th- I think, I, I want to say, how many people did you help? And I think you actually uh, were batting a 1,000. Like everybody you helped actually got the job they were applying for. Is that right? Yeah, five for five. It was awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So talk a little bit about what the, the value of that. You know, One, how did it feel from your perspective, but also how valuable was that to the mastermind members to have you as a resource to help them through that? You know, I was pretty new at the time and they were getting to know me. And I think as I was able to reach out and say, you know, I knew most everybody in the mastermind group, um, some of them were trying to level up their leadership and they were, some of them were wanting to go to the next level. And so, you know, Danny would tell them, Hey, Kelly can help you through that process. You know, I, I've been in a position where I've had to hire 80 people in one spring just to cover every, all of the classes. I I think more importantly though, is I've probably, I've been trained in several different systems uh, for interviewing, but the most important thing is I've probably interviewed over 3,000 candidates. So I know what to look for. And so I could really help the interviewee, our mastermind members, really kind of hone in on what they needed to say in an interview and really have them connect the dots of their mission, their philosophy, and the biggest thing that I think helped was that they were able to understand that they need to interview the district they're applying to as well. They have to make sure it's a good fit for them and their family and make sure that their leadership skills and philosophy and, you know, their, their core values match where they want to go. So we had, I would spend weekends, we would go through mock interviews, and it was just a lot of fun. Probably the best, though, was when that interview was done and I'd get the call on how it went, and then I'd get the next call. I got the job. I got the job. And it was just exciting. So that part I loved. Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, I, I never was really privy to the conversations, but I was always always knew this stuff was going on and I, I'd hear the phone call from a distance or something. So the other thing I know, um, this has come up several times is in addition to just being in the mastermind group, um, there's been a few times where some of the folks in the mastermind group want to talk with you one-on-one about a particular issue they're dealing with at, at the workplace. Can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the guidance and uh, uh, value that you've provided to some of these folks that are in the mastermind groups, you know, specific situations in, in their workplace? 
Sure. We, you know, we do offer one-on-one coaching. Um, I do hold office hours as well as Danny and another mastermind member, Dr. Chris Jones. And we try to help people during those times. And then I meet with people um, on a regular basis and talk with them about some of the issues that they're facing and they're trying to navigate. One in particular is a gal who they needed a reading teacher and they did not need a full-time reading teacher. So this leader decided that she would teach those classes, but she was also in charge of some instructional coaching. She was also in charge of some supervision and evaluations. So she was getting spread a little bit thin. And so we call that the, uh, jack of all, master of none. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's that becomes really difficult. So she really wanted to know how she should start handling it because she didn't want to get stuck in that position. She only did it until they could find somebody. Well, here it is, October, and they hadn't found anybody. So we discussed how she needed to write out a, an exit plan and what it would look like and her, you know, her time on task and where she's spending her time and how much it costs the school district per hour and day for her to do this task and, st- you know, and not do some of the tasks that they've hired her for on the administrative side. And so she was able to do that and show them that you, you can't afford a teacher. You know, this is not a good use of my time, although she's an expert in this reading field. So we, we had to put um, a an exit plan together and she was able to go in and present and she is actually um, going to be out of the classroom starting November 1st. Well, that's awesome. And I just, I I can imagine, I can only imagine how valuable that kind of one-on-one advice from somebody that's been there um, is to these, these folks that are directors or assistant principals or brand new principals to reach out to somebody like you and, and Danny that, They've been there, done that, and you know just the the value and mentorship and advice that's uh, available is just uh, you know priceless, really. So, um, unfortunately, we're getting close to the end of our time. I do want to give a, a chance to give you give you a uh, give you a chance to shout for a shout out. So, uh, Danny Bowers' podcast is the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, correct? Correct. And. If, we, if somebody's interested in finding him uh, as the daily Alexa briefing, um, it's called something different than Better Leaders Better Schools, isn't it? The Alexa it briefing? It is. It's called the School Leadership Series. So if you go into your Alexa, you can sign up for the School Leadership Series and you'll get a daily briefing uh, with some with an educational type uh, message. And, um, and uh, how, they're only like two to three minutes long each day, right? Correct. Okay, cool. And then if uh, from there, if somebody's interested in finding you and Danny with Better Leaders, Better Schools, wants to take a look at joining the mastermind, um, how would they go about getting a hold of you guys? You bet. So you could go to betterleadersbetterschools.com. They have all, it has all the information there. You'll find the podcast. We have blogs, resources. Um, you can do that. You can follow us on Twitter. Danny is at Alien Earbud. And I'm at Dr. Kelly Crane. You can follow us on LinkedIn. You can direct message us. And we'd love to hear from anybody. Awesome. Well, um, I do want to give you the last word. You know, if you're talking to 
uh, usually I'm saying if you're talking to that veteran out there, but you know, in this case, you'd be talking to a military spouse or somebody that's already gotten out that's, that's in education and they're looking for some mentorship, some, some guidance, uh, possibly joining the mastermind. Uh, what kind of advice would you have for them? My advice would be to put yourself out there. Don't be afraid. Make sure that if you have a dream, you follow it. If you are contemplating kind of jumping into entrepreneurship, do it. Um, I, I think that you will be, you will find resolve in knowing that that is something you really want to do and you're going for it. So to anyone out there, uh, moms, military spouses, uh, dads, veterans, go for it. That's always my advice. Take the leap. Awesome. All right, honey. It was a great interview. Thanks, honey. <laughs> okay. We're out. That's it. All right. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.